I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one yet. It's on my Netflix. But I haven't seen that one yet. Hello, everybody. Windigo. 50. Hello. Windigo. Why am I on video? I don't know. I was wondering that myself. How do I make it not be? There we go. There we go. I was like, oh no! This is not a this is not a video cast. Let me let me hit the recordo button. <laughs> do video casts oh. exist? Yeah, it's called a vlog. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a YouTube. Oh yeah, I've seen hundreds of them. <laughs> yes. It's what most youths are into. Oh, I hate them. Lindsay is playing a a date sim. It's not really a dating sim, it's more of a visual novel game but uh you basically pick a route and the route is about one of the handsome boys in the game and the one she's been playing has her handsome boy locking her in a cage what (laughs) like drugging her like it's he's hot teen bluebeard or something yeah basically it's so you're saying this is a japanese game yeah so it is from japan (laughs) yeah it has all of the romances all the elemental romances (laughs) Here's the thing, in in most Japanese homes, it's too small to get a good dating cage in there. That's why these games are so aspirational. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, one day, I'll have an apartment with a whole dating cage room. I haven't seen that! I haven't seen a dating uh, cage, and this is also a podcast, coincidentally called, I Haven't Seen That. It's it's true, and it's happening, and our guest is David Pavlas. Oh, <laughs> David, I'm sorry, I should have mentioned that uh, when we record this podcast, we literally just start talking and then, like... Then the show is go? Yeah, yeah, we don't really have, like, there's not, like, a jumping off point. No, that's good. I I figured we might clap in time. No. No? No? I figured figured we might go over the script, like, just do a quick table read. (laughs) Go over the notes. Man, can you you imagine if this was actually a pre-scripted broadcast? (laughs) <laughs> Most podcasts are. They're completely what? scripted beforehand. Oh, yeah, they're just really bad scripts. <laughs> <laughs> the notes um, always just say crosstalk, crosstalk, crosstalk. <laughs> there were some more errs and ums in there and some stuttering. Yeah, my uh, a full one third of my lines are me going up about and then being like, oh. Well, I want to say talks. a funny. <laughs> I have a story that relates to me. Oh, whoa, my audacity is adjusting the input volume as I talk. This is wow. horse apples. What the fuck? What the fuck, audacity? <laughs> it's it's kind of funny that if you, although this may be there, I'm surprised there's not just, like, a website that's just, like, how to make podcasts sound good. It's just, <laughs> like, this is specifically what you do to make, um, or, like, there isn't, is there a, a specific program that is, like, podcastio? The, there should uh, be the podcast wizard. They're sort of firecasting for a while. Basically, had a guide on like how to use good. Um, I should I should look at that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for us, we we did a lot of noise correction and then uh, all sorts of manual processing on the back end to make the episode sound good when we were doing doing podcasts. Um, we do not. I yeah, I don't try. <laughs> I don't try very hard. 
<laughs> That's why all of our our podcasts sound like those like wax cylinder recordings that uh, Thomas Edison made. They all sound like a Thomas Edison doll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only instead of instead of saying Mary had a little lamb, it's it's like talking about like uh, sin pie. um welcome to i haven't seen that howdy i'm i'm the last of the pavlises to uh to join this one i was thinking that i was thinking that you you were completing the set and i was like oh this is this is the first married couple we've we've had i'm like no actually it's the third (laughs) so i'm sorry that's okay um happy labor day Happy happy labor day we went to a Starbucks and weren't able to tip because I forgot I gave all my money to Lindsay and I felt like a real piece of shit. <laughs> Enjoy your Labor Day, laborer. <laughs> um, there is a great big parade that happens near me on Labor Day, uh, the West Indian Day Parade. Um, so you may it may get really loud here occasionally because um, they actually I didn't realize how weird this was until today, but. They literally quarantine our entire neighborhood. Whoa. Like, like they set up roadblocks around, not, and, and like, my neighborhood is, bo- I guess the parade route goes through the middle of my neighborhood, and they, s- s- like, literally 10 blocks on either side, they shut down all traffic. Um, and I was like, oh, they think that, like, this could become a huge riot at any time. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what this is. We live. Uh, fairly near each other, and so so there's there's uh, overflow West Indian uh, Day celebrations. And yesterday there was definitely a big fish fry in my neighborhood because my whole building <laughs> just smelled like delicious fried fish. What is a fish fry? This is not a cultural practice I'm familiar with. It's where you fry some fish. Okay, it's, <laughs> it's like a barbe- it's like a barbecue, but with with uh, fried fish, and it's oh, okay something commonly done in Caribbean. Places. There's there's a sports bar that okay so so about a year and a half ago uh, on a block near me the, a sign went up at a business called Fish Fish Mo Fish a sports bar <laughs> and we were like holy shit that sounds incredible but it never opened and we thought it was one of those <sighs> phantom businesses that dude it opened Fish Fish Mo Fish at least as of last week was still open it sounds really stinky it sounds right? like a yeah that doesn't sound good at all. It sounds like it should be called problematic dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I lived in when I lived in Manhattan. Um, I lived atop two bars, which was fun. It's very noisy all the time. Yeah, it's the, the vomitiest. Yeah, and um, one of them, it had been kind of like it had changed a couple times. It was mostly just like a bro bar, and then it turned into like this faux English pub, and they served food, and they would cook fish and chips, and because of the way the building was laid out. My bathroom would always smell like fish and chips, Whoa. which is weird. <laughs> it's like, That's mm, if you ever needed I'm help hungry. growing up. <laughs> <laughs> that actually kind of makes, that's kind of nice that you had that. Like right? it was like, mm, my bathroom smells delicious. <laughs> uh, that would just be upsetting to me. Like greasy smells to me. Just make me want to be ill. And if I'm in the bathroom, I'm probably already feeling slightly ill because Life is a series of punishments. And, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't would be <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Sorry that this has been kind of a, a roundabout intro, but um, what haven't you seen? And also, who are you? <laughs> I'm 
David Pavlis. I'm a uh, I'm a games and science person. Uh, I work doing video game science stuff, uh, and I haven't seen most things. I'm like a fucking cultural void. So most things that are good and appreciated by people, I have not seen. So like, <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> no, I've, I'm just a philistine. Uh, I fill my life with video games, like a parody of myself. So it's like, hey, David, have you seen the Third Man? No, I haven't. Oh, seen I haven't that. seen that. Uh, people say it's great and i'm like it's awfully in black and white (laughs) i'm horrible but i have seen a lot of like german translated cartoons as a kid like uh like that odysseus 3000 or whatever it was nope i got nothing oh man (laughs) ah yes odysseus 3000 (laughs) no i have no idea what that is odysseus yeah, no, no go on, go on. <laughs> tell us more, going. tell us more. Ich bin no no kleiner Roboter, Freund von Odysseus. That's no no, the little robot. <laughs> this isn't, there was a bunch of anime that was translated into German that we got as cartoons. And, uh, oh, I'm German. Yeah, figure that out. Uh, and uh, one of them was this, like, space odyssey. And uh, the, the intro song is just fucking dynamite. That sounds incredible. Um, where where in Germany did you grow up? Or I grew up in the Rhineland until I was 11, and then we came to the uh, very like the Rhineland, Central Florida region. Yes, um, America's yeah. Rhineland. America's <laughs> Rhineland. <laughs> it's known for its gorgeous forests uh, and its German climate. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, the swampiest part <laughs> Um, but, uh, so that, that seems like something that would, like, uh, do you feel like there's, there's specific cultural gaps that you became aware of when you came, uh, to the U.S.? Oh, man, uh, I was really bad at basically all, all, like, idioms as a kid, (laughs) and would use, like, directly translated idioms, so, like, uh, like a donkey bridge, which is not a thing that Americans say. (laughs) But I feel like, it, it, what's a donkey bridge? A donkey bridge is a mnemonic device. It's a Eselsbrücke. It's a, uh, it's a like a shortcut you use to remember something. I think German has a lot of really good idioms. Frankly, oh, it's real good. <laughs> like that's a real prime idiom language. Um. It, I was going to be like compared to our idioms, and then I was completely unable to imagine what an idiom was. I mean, it's hard to imagine idioms in the language that you're currently speaking because, yeah, like, yeah. everything you don't is even idiomatic. Think about it. A crock of shit. That's uh... you're just <laughs> resting on your laurels with all those idioms. <laughs> yes, or on tinder hooks, which I called tether hooks until I was in college. And tinder then... hooks, I think, are the API that you use to build your own Tinder style applications. Is that right? <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, I I thought it was tether hooks because it was hooks that you would hook tethers onto that you probably wouldn't want to re- like be on. But it's tinder hooks. Which... In your in your child imagination, what were these hooks tethering? Like something I... upsetting? No, something no. you don't want to release? A balloon, but it's shaped like your mother. <laughs> um, no, I think it was like a circus tent. Oh, okay. I don't know what like a that upsetting hook scene does. in Dumbo. You know, I I actually have not seen Dumbo. Um, I think I probably saw it in my childhood, but I have not seen it uh, in recent memory, except the the hallucinogenic part. 
Oh, there's a scene where they're building the circus, and I remember that being just like real upsetting to me as a kid. Um, a bunch of faceless men building stuff. Oh, yeah, it's like creepy. Soviet realist. Yes, that would I've seen, really I've seen way too much Soviet realist animation in my life. Um, do you guys feel like? So every like a lot of Disney movies that I can think of had sequences where the main character got like extremely high. Um like Alice in Wonderland has a lot of this. Like oh, sure. a, uh Dumbo had it does does he get drunk or does he, he gets like drunk? Or does yeah. he like like snort ether or something? He gets drunk <laughs> and that's why that's why like the pink elephant cuz he sees pink elephants yeah. and that's that's why pink elephants was or maybe maybe I don't know which came first, Dumbo having pink elephants or, or if that was already a phrase. Like... If that was already an idiom, you're seeing Ooh, pink elephants. that's a good question. That's also... Idiomatic etymology. Ooh. That's also a very, if it was like a common phrase for getting really drunk, it's very funny. They were like, hey, ele- this is a movie about elephants, pink elephants. Let's put a, <laughs> let's put a, a drunk sequence in. Uh there's a lot of forced drunkenness too, like like tricking people into or people becoming intoxicated against their will. Like in in Robin Hood, the uh, hiss gets trapped in the barrel. And uh, I feel Dumbo, like there's I some, some some drunkenness in Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. Talk about your donkey bridges. Yeah, <laughs> it's a literal bridge that donkeys <laughs> go over. Yeah. <laughs> um. But if you, I, I don't think I, I, I don't I can't think of any uh, Disney drunkenness in the in the latter <laughs> era. The latter day. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a scene in Lion King where they all get super trashed on fermented berries. I mean, uh, I forget what the hy- I feel like the hyenas probably have some like hooch in the Lion King at some point. I would think that they would breathe like uh, like volcanic fumes from those weird craggy canyons that they're in. That the geography that made any sort of sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I actually I was reading something earlier this week that was talking about uh the like the implicit messages behind Disney movies and they're terrible. Um, and one of their big examples was that the Lion, when the Lion King came out, it was immediately after like um the fall of apartheid and like weird messaging about like people who have been marginalized having access to uh to like better land basically oh, and how it kills it <laughs> uh. oh boy way to go disney yeah um <clears throat> but but all still hakuna oh, matata <laughs> yeah hakuna matata everyone um happy labor day again mm-hmm. yeah happy happy day of labor there's power in union Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go to work today. Nor as, I as, to to work today. as obvious by the fact that it's three in the afternoon, and I'm I'm, You're like, my... I'm in a broom closet. <laughs> I'm gonna get in so much trouble. <laughs> um, we have a beanbag room in my new office. What? What? What did you? What do you do for for work life? Well, I'm uh, I'm uh, I work. I I think I decided I'm not going to name the company, but I I I. I'm a real grocer. I work for an online grocery store and run the storefront. Ah. And, uh... This does not explain why there would be a beanbag room at a grocer. Well, it's, 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 
it's an older it's like a 15 year old company but it's got they they've installed all the various like startup amenities oh so there's you know there's a ping pong table and there's a there's there's a bunch of different little conference room and they're all themed like one has it one is called the bbq room and it's got a uh, cow print stuff <laughs> and do you have was, a reassurement room where where a person will tell you that you've earned all of this and that this is a meritocracy? I think that might be the beanbag room. Oh, <laughs> yeah, probably. I haven't been in there. You sit on the beanbag and it's just like, this is okay. This is fine. <laughs> yeah, I asked my boss if I was like, can we, because we have like a biweekly uh, check-in. And, he's like, and I was like, we should do it in the beanbag room. And he was like, no, I did that once and it's super awkward. <laughs> Because you're just, like, so- soaking into a, a beanbag while trying to talk to somebody about their work performance. I feel like that would be really hard on your knees. Have you ever sat in a beanbag before? Yeah, what yeah. are you talking about, Mark? No, but, like, when you sit, you're sitting really low. And, like, I don't... I, I, I've become, like... A, a couple of years ago, one of my... Uh, someone who's distantly related to me, I saw him at a funeral, and he'd had, like, both of his knees replaced, but they, they like fucked it up where one of his legs was shorter than the other now and it, it was causing him a ton of problems and I've become like really sensitive about my knees so I was just imagining like the process of standing up from a low beanbag chair and I was like I oh, know what you no, do is you, I don't like you flip it. you flip over on your side so that your stomach is facing the floor and then you do a push up and then you push yourself up it's real easy it's real I don't do healthy. that at work <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is the problem that you're already in a beanbag at work. You've already made a, a poor choice. Right, we can have your you can have your performance review in the beanbag room, in the hookah room, or in the ball pit. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like you can't say that on television. Where if if like pe- enough people don't like your proposal at the meeting, you get slimed. <laughs> um. That's... Mark, we were we were really worried that you had become a Wendigo. Um, it it was it seemed very possible. Um, home listener Mark Mark didn't show up from the woods yesterday, uh, which was our original recording time. And well, we've all we've all been watching certain video games whose spoilers we won't name. But wait, is that from a video game? Sure, a video game, a movie called Ravenous, all sorts of things French featured a Wendigo. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you referring to Until Dawn? Yeah, uh, but now now it's a spoilito for anyone who hasn't heard or seen that. Well, that w- well, uh, Scott Benson was on last week and told us all about Until Dawn. Oh, that's Dawn, right. So. That already happened. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for the person who missed last week's like, and fuck! was like, oh, well, I guess I dodged a bullet last week, but damn it. <laughs> well, all I know about that game is that it's like teens in the woods being murdered. So, Yeah, I mean, that's what most video games are. Now I still haven't seen Ravenous. Oh, I haven't you're seen that either. Fucking... Oh man, Ravenous is a really wonderful movie with a soundtrack that features Damon Albarn of of Gorillaz fame, and it is uh, kind of homoerotic horror movie Go featuring on. a Wendigo theme. It's you should watch it today. It is it is <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Oh, I didn't realize uh, Antonia Bird, the director, uh, passed away last, or in 2013, looks like. that's Oh, that's a sadness. Yeah. So, sorry, guys. <laughs> well, I was like, I feel like there's a there's a group of female directors that, like, um, that I'm always really interested in because there aren't 
a ton of female directors. And I was like, oh. There's the three of them. I was like, I remember that Ravenous was directed by a female director. I wonder what she's doing. And um, she's, she's, she's chasing Wendigos in heaven now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, that's one of my, one of the guys that I was in a band with in college had another band called Ravenous. And they just watched Ravenous after every practice. <laughs> so real, such were they into... Yeah, yeah. Um, by that metric, my band should have been called Weed and X-Files. But, um... <laughs> but uh, no, I have not seen that one yet. You gotta fix that. Was yeah. Weed and X-Files the old Netflix and chill? <clears throat> I've only I've only recently become aware of this whole Netflix and chill thing. I feel very old and out of touch. I I thought that I didn't realize it was a euphemism for sex until somebody was like, "Oh, what it like like this is our new euphemisms for sex: weed and chill or uh, Netflix and chill." And I was literally like, "Oh, I thought it was watching Netflix and chilling." I'm Grandpa. Yeah, it's the new. Would you like to come see my etchings? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Here's the thing, though. All all I do as a married man is Netflix and chill, uh, like in the old yeah, person way. Thanks for bragging. You know? <laughs> like, we get it, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's like that seems also like a way to unnecessarily complicate online dating. Because if you're talking to somebody and you're and they're like, oh, do you want to hang out? And they're like, yeah, like maybe we'll just like watch Netflix and relax or something. They're like, do they mean Netflix <laughs> and chill or do they literally mean? Or do they really want to watch Bones? <sighs> or do they really want to watch Bones? Do we need to bring my oh, diaphragm or not? I can't even. I don't even know. <laughs> boom, boom, ba dome. I'm always watching Netflix and chilling by myself. I'm always watching Bones by myself. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I've never seen Bones. Oh, it's minorly compelling in some senses. <laughs> it's got that lady who's bad at social stuff, I think. Yeah, I, I quit watching it because at a, after a certain point, like, the, like, with shows where there's a character whose, like, central trait is having some sort of dysfunction... By definition, like the show has to show them progressing in some ways, but since the show is also about that person, right, they can't progress too far. So that show is like like every week is uh, bones like like figures out emotions again, and then the next week she's like beep boop sadness. <laughs> Just a sine wave of uh, of better and worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, we watched a, a show on Netflix that uh, a friend recommended called Dogs with Jobs. Yes. Have you heard of Dogs with Jobs? I have not. Okay, so Dogs with Jobs is, um, you know, prestige drama like uh, like Game of Thrones or Breaking yes. Bad or things like that? It's a lot like that. So every every 22-minute episode of Dogs with Jobs features two different dogs. Uh, each of them have jobs. And uh, you get to see what their jobs are, and they're really cute. They're dogs. <laughs> that is delightful. Oh, it's real good. We got to we got to watch a a lady who has a dog that helps with pet rescue. It's a bloodhound. It finds other lost dogs, and we got to see a companion animal dog that was helping a kid with autism be able to live more independently. Aww. Dogs are so dogs. great. Ah, oh, they have jobs. 
Happy Labor Day to you dogs with jobs out there. <laughs> yeah. You don't know why you're not going Dog to work unions. today. Or you might actually not be going to work today. I don't know what your specific situation is. Yeah, I, I, I'm a cat person, and I think it's great because no one is ever going to make a cat have a job. <laughs> I, I like that we refer to cats as domesticated, even though we have not domesticated cats in the slightest bit. Like, dogs are domesticated in the sense that we gave them shit to do. Like, oh, now you're going to guard. Now you're going to, like, herd these sheep. Cats, we domesticated them by having things that they like to eat around. We domesticated them by offering up our brains to get infected by toxoplasmosis. Yeah, yeah. and, like, it's like, oh, they eat pests. And it's like, well, that's that's just a lucky chance that the things that they like to eat are, like, eating our grain. And they're not interested in our grain. In Florida, cats are pretty useful. Uh, a friend of mine had had some cats, and you would just find cockroach legs lying around, and that meant that the cat did its job. Ooh, I guess I guess yeah. there is such such things as like a ship's cat. They they have a job. What's the ship's cat's job? Oh wait, no, eating mice. Yeah, eating mice and oh, you know, various ratters. I thought it was to keep women off the boat because they're bad luck or something. <laughs> And women hate cats. They hate cats. You know the old stereotype? The cat-hating woman? <laughs> the lonely cat-hating woman. Oh, God. Uh, she's just, just at home with her six non-cats. <laughs> and her white linen couch. <laughs> just loving it. Um, so speaking of companion animals, this, is, uh, this reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend recently where I can't remember where I was talking about... Um, I, I was just having a conversation of, of like, wait, you can pretty much, if you have a, a a service animal, you can go anywhere with that service animal. You sure can. I, yeah. So that made me think, well, can the service animals themselves go anywhere? And could that place be, say, like a bank vault? <laughs> okay, wait. So in this reality, are you envisioning that, like, the service animal vest is basically the skeleton key to the whole goddamn planet? Yeah. Like, I'm imagining, like, a, like a you know, nice, friendly-looking, fluffy golden retriever wearing service animal vest, and then there's, like, a, a helper monkey on top of him, and the monkey can, like, pick locks, and they can go in and perform a fantastic heist. I don't even know <laughs> if they need to pick locks. If you have the, the golden retriever is wearing the vest, he just walks up to the bank vault and just scratches on the door, and the bank manager comes up, and he's like, oh, you need to get in there, buddy? And just he just opens the door. I mean, you've got this job for a reason, dog with job. And then the the helper monkey is clinging to the dog's belly, like uh, like like Odysseus, not three thousand. No, I think it's I think it's Odysseus. Odysseus, uh, like uh, I don't know, negative two thousand, maybe. <laughs> I think that's that's just Gilgamesh. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. When I whenever I deal with things like BCE, it's just like past to my brain <laughs> i'm sorry i i've led you all astray it's not odysseus 3000 it's actually odysseus 31 oh yeah 31 yeah is he like the 31st in a line of odyssey uh or maybe maybe his spaceship has the number 31 in it it's really hard to know hmm. i guess that I makes think, sense yeah i think i think a long line of odysseus is also, I mean, 
all those suitors don't succeed in the end, right? How does how does Fable go? Yeah, I think he kills them all. I think he tears them apart and uses them to make a bow that only he can pull. Who knows? <laughs> Shit gets weird. Um, okay. Give me some damn dates. Okay, the, the modern dating is... Uh, so it would be like 1170 before current era is when the original Odysseus would occur. Cool. What about Gilgamesh? What about Enkindu? I believe that's probably much older. Gilgamesh and Enkidu can be the names of the helper animals. Oh, shit. Oh, it's a thousand years earlier. Now, I want to continue with this proposal about the companion animal bank robbers. Yeah. Is that they also have they also have um, a nemesis and a, in a cop dog and a cop horse. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I was just like, yeah, and the cop dog has a sidecar that attaches to the cop horse. Then I was like, that. I don't know how that would work. I don't think you could put a sidecar on a horse. I, I, you know, to tie it to a thing I haven't seen, it sounds like that's something you can do in Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, I have not. I've seen GIFs. I've seen people talking about it, and I played a ton of the other, uh, uh, most of the other Metal Gear Solid games, but this one has uh, sounds baffling. Yeah. I was I was talking on Twitter about this, and I was not trying to be funny. I was legitimately like, I don't know what the fuck this game is about. Like, all the things I hear, there's balloons you tie to animals, and yeah. there's a boob lady, and like... I've heard about a uh, up bear. This has been a joke. That when, Something about bear a bear? Up? Yeah, maybe you attach a balloon to a bear. What's up, bear? Yeah. I think <clears> you, you can rescue animals, and there's a puppy. There's like mm. a little puppy with an eye patch. Hmm. This is a, uh, a sharp difference from Metal Gear Solid 3 that involved killing and eating a lot of animals. <laughs> really? Yeah, you had to, it was uh, um, called, the game, it was Snake Eater, and you had to, uh, you had like a hunger meter, and you would occasionally have to kill and eat hmm. an animal, and you could always call, you had various people you could call on your radio, and like, if you had whatever, you know, fish or anything the the question that you know the the person you were talking to the expert would like give you information about the animal tell you read, read you its uh, 1960s Wikipedia entry oh, and then solid, awesome and then solid snake would be like yeah but how does it taste <laughs> <laughs> I I I think I played like ten seconds of a Metal Gear game once in like a decade ago what is the plot I know there's a mustache <laughs> guy so there's a box that you creep around in. Um, it started old. as a like magical realist spy game and then quickly became a fever dream. And that's that's probably the shortest description of the plot. It's the the fourth game had literally hour and a half long cutscenes. What? <laughs> it's The fourth yeah. game famously had the game's director wanting one of the boss fights to last 2 weeks in real time but was told that was a bad idea. And in the third game, there is a there is a boss you can beat by putting the game down for a week. <laughs> wow! Ay ay ay! It's uh, his his name is I can't remember what his name is, uh, but he's a he's a very old man who is a sniper, and you're in this f- big forest, and you have to you know find him or and uh, he's sniping you, and you have to either snipe him or sneak up on find him when he's like you know camouflaged and lying in the. Mm-hmm. In the ground, and he has a pet parrot, and that's how you find him. But 
one of the ways that you can defeat that battle is if you you can either change your PlayStation's internal clock or just not play the game for a week, and then he will have died of natural causes. Oh my wow. god! <laughs> Hideo Kojima is quite a fella. He's a real peach. Yeah, I, I love that shit. That's great, but I've fallen I've fallen off of the uh, the Metal Gear wagon. So it's also- in the third game you have like a meter where you have to eat the animals and that sustains you. And in this newest game, you can put the animals in the sky. Is there like a a sky whimsy meter where the knowledge of animals being in the sky is what sustains you? <laughs> sky whimsy. <laughs> uh, sky whimsy does sound like a almost like a Metal Gear Solid character name. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, the, the plot cannot be explained uh, in any any shorter time than, like, uh, I think it, it maybe like a, a full semester for credit course. Yeah, a 100-episode podcast series. <laughs> it's about a guy who's a who's a spy. Yeah. Okay. And, as, and it a was bunch so- of weird excuses for, like, really, really naked people. Yeah. And uh, like more naked than naked? Yeah. Uh, perversely, somehow. <laughs> yeah past nude <laughs> um oh i almost went to a naked campsite this weekend go on. uh go on <laughs> i uh so this weekend we were we had reservations at so we couldn't get the normal like state park camping reservations because they were all sold out because it was labor day so we were like oh maybe we'll try a private campground it's, it's literally printed on our like hiking map and we called this one, and we got a reservation, and we go. And it's literally a field behind a bar. <laughs> and it is like, it's like an RV park, but it's not like, it's not like traveling RVs. It is like a place where people live and pay taxes and their kids go to school. So, like, essentially, we would be staying in someone's backyard. Um, and also, they were cash only, and it was very expensive. Um <laughs> And so we decided, we were like, oh, maybe we'll check out some other campsites. Um, and we ended up in one, well, and we were looking at the book and like, there was one that was in the thing. It was like a family friendly comma clothing optional, <laughs> uh, park associated with, uh, I believe AANR, which I think is like the American association of nude recreationalists or like natural <laughs> recreationalists or something. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was the American Association of Nude Riflemen, which was the Metal Gear Solid plan. <laughs> um, and and like we ended up going to another place that we're like when I go in, I talk to the woman. And she's she's Irish from Ireland, um, and then we're driving through the park, and like everybody has huge Irish flags on their trailers, and we're I I I have no confirmation, but I was like, wait. Either this is a trailer park that just happens to just have a ton of Irish people in it, or these are Irish travelers. Um, but I have no confirmation about that at all. But we ended up staying basically in a wooded backyard, and people kept buzzing by our campsite with ATVs at like two in the morning, <laughs> oh, while shouting and like shooting fireworks off. And they were naked. Yeah, yeah. We thought we got away from it, but the thing is, the naked campground is like really like they've got their shit together. Like it's very. It seems very regimented. It's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. And also, they are oiled. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's very oily. So I was like, man, in the future, we should just go... Because it's clothing optional, but it doesn't say that we, like, have to be nude. 
Like, they can't kick you out for being clothed, right? I mean, you could just say, you could just say you're going to be nude later. Yeah, at another time. I'm going to be nude in Canada. You don't know it. Um, so, you went camping, and uh, why? <laughs> uh, I mean, I like camping. I like hiking more than I like camping, actually, but, like, it's easier to go hiking in the morning from New York City if you are camping nearby, um, outside of New York City. Get, get this, David. He just likes going camping. Uh, yeah, I feel like he's trying to make excuses for why he likes going <laughs> camping. Are you picking up when, on this? When I first when I first found out that Mark went when, that he was going camping, I asked, "So are you making your wife do this, or is your wife making you do this?" <laughs> it turns out, no, they just both like camping. Yeah, I mean, it's, I like. <laughs> It's very difficult for us on indoorsy types to understand. <laughs> uh, Matt loved Chancy. He was like, "But you're already paying rent on a on a bedroom. You like, you've already paid for a bedroom to sleep in. Why would you pay for a lot in the woods to sleep in?" But no, I like I like it. Um, but you have to pay. Yeah. Well, some places, some places are primitive campsites where it's just like you just pull up to a trail on the side of the road and hike like a mile and then. You, you sleep by a stream. Do um, you subscribe to a magazine called Primitive Archer, which I once saw in a gas station? No. But that this sounds is, like... Yeah. What does it sound like? You get obsessed with. Yeah, it's all about how to uh, hunt things with bows in a very low-technology way, which sounds like something a camper would like. Is it like you, you murder all of the, the suitors for your wife and you make a bow out of them? That only out of their sinew? Yeah. 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 None of that compound bow shit. We're talking we're talking recurve only. Amazing. Um I feel like there's a lot of weird magazines. There's several. There's at least two. <laughs> like if you go to a Barnes and Nobles, there's like niche magazines for hobbies that I would not imagine could support like an industry publication. I mean, I the, when you said weird magazines, I, I the first one that came to mind was Garden and Gun, and that one isn't even that weird. That's a yeah. fairly that's mainstream. Is what, uh, g- go on? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a southern magazine, you might guess. You put seeds into a shotgun, and then you just fire them into the ground. <laughs> no, it's like um, it's, it's like very a violent Johnny Appleseed kind of like neo yuppie. Um, they do think they do like. The, the the best eateries in the south and things like that um that are like open carry friendly yes yes <laughs> it's actually my uh my in-laws are moving to north carolina and i was thinking of getting them a subscription to that magazine but um my father-in-law is like like extremely anti-gun um and he 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 was like no i won't i won't read it like i refuse to read any magazine that has gun in the title Regardless of, like, I don't think they really do. I think originally in, like, the 40s, it was a very, like, uh, it was, sorry, my wife just walked into the office and she's drinking Fresca and laughing at me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it was a very, like, uh, like, L.L. Bean kind of magazine mixed with Better Homes and Gardens. And then... I think probably like in the last fifteen years it became like like hip. I think. That just doesn't sound hip at all. That sounds like it sounds like 
a weird mix of of like Plantation Weekly. Yeah, it's kind of like Paste Magazine a little. Um, yeah, but also it has a lot of ads for bug out bags. No, no, it's like it's fairly not uh, terrified of the world. I think it's like oh, that's it's so very unusual specifically about like having a non like racist Southern identity. Basically, oh, that's pretty nice. I can get behind uh, that. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like I see a lot of magazines, and I wonder if those are like hobbies that tend to be for older people who mm-hmm. would not look for this information on the internet. It's got to be like yeah. I when my uh, my nephew had a magazine, he was you know selling magazines to do a fundraiser for his school, and that was when I was just looking through the website. It was just I would just find you know like. Latino dog owner magazine and just very mm-hmm. just as niche as possible and I'm like shout out to <laughs> the print industry surviving yeah <laughs> somehow yeah. when the going gets tough the tough gets weird <laughs> um oh man at uh primitivearcher.com there is a uh banner ad for replicating the type 1c neolithic danish dagger buy this God dvd damn. and more at horsefeathersranch.com. Oh my god. I I I <laughs> am legitimately kind of excited about people who would go to that depth to like, like get it's like real paleo, not like <laughs> not like kale paleo or something. Yeah. Fuck your coconut oil. I have a dagger. <laughs> yeah. I flaked this dagger out of obsidian. <laughs> um I I'm really into weird hobbies. I think that's great. Um, camping's pretty mainstream, though. Let's let's go into oh, your weird hobby. No, I don't. I don't feel like I really have that many weird hobbies. I really appreciate other people having weirder hobbies than me. I guess is where I was going with that. I mean, your weirdest that's, is probably whittling, and that's not that weird. Yeah, yeah. That's just folksy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I I I got really into reading about Spencerian calligraphy. Like, um, or it's not even. Really don't know what that first word means. Um, <laughs> so. I guess before, like, the cursive method that we learned in school, or at least where I I grew up, we learned this cursive that is called the Palmer method. And before the Palmer method was the Spencerian method, which is, like, to our eyes is crazy, like, it looks like calligraphy. It looks like that's how you'd write your wedding invitations. But that's just how you did, like, business correspondence in, like, 1910. Wow. Um... And there is a whole community around this. There is a guy who is like the the like the master of this, and he not only has a book of poems that he wrote about the golden age of American penmanship. There is a two CD set of him reading them, set to uh, set to twelve string guitar music. I was hoping you were going to say set to the sound of fountain pens scratching on paper. <laughs> I'll bet you I'll bet you can hear that too. Um and I don't think I'll ever get into Spencerian script, but I really like the idea that there are people out there who are that into it. A lot of these were a lot of these letters look like the way we learned to write them in Germany when we were learning uh our Yeah, this is a uh, holy shit. This is definitely how I learned to write cursive. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me get my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, freestyle. No, freestyle. We, we had to learn it like with a fountain pen that used the little cartridges, and I was really bad at it. And I would, I would put on classical music to, for some reason, kid me had convinced myself that if I did this, it would help me like write pretty. And I would always get a, a three or a four, which is like a C or a D. <laughs> it would be so sad. Um, I think I would have. I would. I can now better write in Japanese than I can write cursive. <laughs> I I started getting really into cursive again because I was terrible at it in elementary school, and I believe it still looks terrible to other people. I do not think I write cursive well, but in college when I was taking notes, because I realized I could not take notes on a computer because why would I? Why would I take notes when I could be playing solitaire? during an entire lecture. Um, so I had to write with hand to actually write notes, but I was not fast enough at my block lettering. Um, and I was like, wait, I remember a lie a, t- a teacher told me once about cursive being faster. Um, and it turns <laughs> out it is faster if you literally do not care if any other person can decipher it. Nowadays, because of the mixture of learning learning that that style of writing learning english like uh like block writing or whatever you call that with like lowercase letters and stuff and learning like all caps lazy person writing my handwriting just looks like a serial killer wrote it <laughs> i have the handwriting of like a 15 year old boy who really loves anime <laughs> yeah maybe like no like maybe a 15 year old boy who like goes to um the knife show Oh, sure. Ah. And has a digi Sharat wall scroll waiting back at home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I have not seen did you that. Did you ever subscribe to magazines, Whitney, that, that were like uh, catalogs for things like knife shows? Like the Dragon Magazine, which was a catalog of shit shaped like a dragon? I, uh, I, I definitely I did get those. It might have been a combination between me and my brother because... And uh, I, I, I don't want to, my brother listens to this podcast, so I don't want to slander him as some weird knife kid, but, <laughs> but you're a real knife <laughs> No knife Um, but yeah, we had a couple, we had a couple of those. I think, I don't know. They just show up at your house if you grow up in the South. Yeah. 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 Like, you eventually get the knives. knife catalog. <laughs> um, a samurai sword just shows up one day. Like, you know, all I right. did have two swords as a, as a, as a kid. I only had one, but the scabbard had two knives in it as well. So, watch the fuck out, primitive archers. Was it? Like I had a, a katana and a sword cane. Ah, oh, yes. The yeah. uh, the prize of every antique mall, the sword cane. <laughs> it sucked though, because you had to like unscrew the sword part. What? You couldn't just ching. You couldn't do that. You had to like unscrew it. But it also had a dagger. In the handle, and I, I think it also had a compass in the handle. So if you're that lost in the woods, <laughs> I'm like lost in the woods. A and... Sword would be really bad in the woods. It's <laughs> <laughs> chasing rabbits. Uh, <laughs> it was not a sharp sword either. I demand satisfaction! You yell at a chipmunk as it runs off. Um, did you ever see? There's a John Darniel thing where he's talking about. Um, and it's something that in that like came up in his book, but he received some uh, knife catalog once, 
and was so like enraptured with it. It's like a, like a defining moment of his persona is like reading this knife magazine of like the sharpest knives possible from Brazil. Like replicas of Damascus things. Yeah, like... yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely spent a lot of website, a lot of a lot of online time at. I think it was called Swords Online, which was <laughs> the the sword website that the guy from Real Life Comics made comics for. Oh, yeah. oh wait, whoa! That's the sound of me falling back into my own memory. I remember this now. I yeah. looked at those swords too. Uh, yeah, look at the sword with like a, memory. a slightly too intent look in my eye. I, I'm really glad. Okay, uh, when I was a kid, I acquired a butterfly knife at some point. Um, <laughs> so, so you have three fingers remaining. Well, no, like like literally uh, upon finding it, I was like, of course, whipping it around. And of course, I cut my own finger like extremely badly. But I could not <laughs> tell my parents about it because... <laughs> I feel like I feel like if you were a male uh, growing up in the South, you were just issued a butterfly knife. Yeah, yeah. And like, if you in Kentucky or Tennessee, it's or because I feel like everybody's brother yeah. had a butterfly yeah. knife. Um, and I think I like kind of purposely lost it because I was like, "This, uh, there's no good end to me owning." This <laughs> yeah, absurd I gotta knife. take this to the crick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You throw it in the crick, and then the next night you wake up, and it's there by your pillow, slightly. <laughs> Uh, but... Your womb starts bleeding again. <laughs> Never leave me. Butterfly <laughs> Wendigo. Man, I I love the idea of like horror, like uh, an old timey like scary story to tell in the dark thing, but that's based around like buying a knife at the state fair <laughs> next to the like the like crude t shirts that you could get. <laughs> or, like, a haunted big dog shirt. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. so if you really if you uh, to those to those knife catalogs was like the prank catalog for me, which was just a hole I could live in forever. <laughs> prank. What's your favorite prank? Oh gosh, I I don't really like pranks at all, but I do like objects that would aid in pranks. Like <laughs> this thing makes a fart. Ah, oh, brilliant, classic, A plus, good science. It. Um. Or like an ice cube with, with a like a fake ice cube with a, a fly in it or something. Yep. A pack the, of gum the, the, that the... snaps fingers. Yeah. Motherfucker. That's not really a thing that that people do. Like, I don't know very many adults who are like pranksters in that sense, with like the like joy buzzers and stuff. I think it's mostly vines that yell at you or maybe call you a racial slur. I think that's how pranks work nowadays. <laughs> We're out of the golden age of pranking. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> that's like a very like 1950s thing. Like two men engage in like a prank fight. That's entirely like, it's not like, oh, like I, I, I swatted you or something. It's just, <laughs> or like, like I, I got you fired. It's entirely like, oh, like it sounded like you farted, but you didn't really. You're embarrassed. The Archie McPhee Wars. Oh, man. Talk about your catalogs. Yeah. Ooh, Accoutrements Incorporated? Is that the... Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, catalogs. Accoutrements. <laughs> um, cl- the Klutz catalog? 
I never got that one. Oh, that was I don't know these things. For me. Um, it was in klutz. Just uh, marbles that you could drop. <laughs> Uh, also, it was like 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 how to juggle ribbons and things like that, or like that's not at all. It's, yeah. it's, but they it's also had title. like juggling knives and things. My brother and sister were in, uh, in juggling club in school, um, which my school did not have, so I never learned to juggle. But uh, they so actually you didn't get did. bullied as much. <laughs> I think I think juggling club was fairly cool. Uh, this was the mid nineties. Oh, okay. So, so a lot of yo-yo tricks and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but they actually did like they went they did like shows in other schools with like torches and things. It was a high impact juggle. <laughs> Would there be a lot of hacky sacking in juggling club? Because I feel like those are similar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because when I think of people who I've known how to juggle, they were big time hacky sackers. I will bet you that there is somebody who does hacky sack juggling, which is like the next level of hacky sacking, and they do it while the entertainer plays on a boombox at like local middle schools. And then someone throws a disc golf disc at them and knocks the hacky sack out. <laughs> they have now, a big weird sport fight. If somebody told you right now, I need you to buy me three hacky sacks, would you know where to go? Uh, does it have to be a Amazon, physical they, they, store? Like if somebody says, I need. I need ha- I need three hacky sacks by by EOD. Oh shit! Oh. Well, I live in a technological dystopia on the west coast, so I think I would just task rabbit it off to one of the um, the indentured servants I keep around, and I think I would use that. Happy Labor Day! <laughs> <laughs> no, I I would probably check a party store. A party store feels like they might have a hacky sack, like as a as a slightly upscale party favor. Maybe that would work. My I- my God. Feeling is like maybe like a head shop. Oh yeah, some place that smells like incense. But like, I feel like that's hit or miss because I feel like by definition, a head shop does not have a like extremely reliable selection of goods other than bongs. Yeah, yeah. Plus, with the advent of all the the vape stores, the the competition has really gotten fierce around vape juices. So the previous. You know, those those big containers of hacky sacks that you would see with all the cool varieties. Those have been replaced with just vats of different kinds of, I don't know, herbed resin. This, My favorite vape flow. juice flavor is hacky sack. <laughs> hacky sack foot. Um. <laughs> when you said vats, it just gave me this impression of like going into like a like a Willy Wonka candy store that's just full of big jars of vape juice, and you can you know pull out a ladle. Just take a suck oh. on some vape juice. <laughs> You're like, mm, yes, very fine today. Or like the really fancy uh, tobacco stores they have in. Oh yeah, come with me and you'll be in a world of pure vaporation. <laughs> you will see <laughs> vape the nation. Ah, uh, I got <laughs> vapes. <laughs> I got a really intense mental image of like a really Brooklyn style store with a lot of a lot of different kinds of stained woods and uh, and mason jars filled with dubious liquids that you can put in your e cigs. Oh man! <laughs> Just call the store Dubious Liquids. <laughs> dubious Liquids is a good ass name for a store. I mean, you know, that's also a good name for a bar. It's a good name for like a dog. It's a good name for a bar. <laughs> it's a good name for a campsite. There's not a lot of things that we've talked about today that it wouldn't apply to. A catalog. <laughs> <laughs>
An idiom. An idiom. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I was in uh, <clears throat> Kingston, New York, over the weekend, and there was a, a a like a vape store opening, or it was like a coming soon vape store, and I was like, man, I think you guys might be too late. Yeah, you're, we're all about Netflix and chill now, motherfucker. Yeah, and bulletproof coffee. Nobody has time for your vape. Oh, place. bulletproof! Co- Have you tried bulletproof no. coffee? So, a colleague of mine who I like a lot and is a smart person really is super into this and has been for some time. So now, uh, the, tell me, it's it's just putting butter in your coffee, right? It's slightly more complicated, but yes, it's it's like butter and oil and and other things that like should butter be and things. coconut oil because I know coconut yeah. oil. Is. So Why people sorcery. found out about it. <laughs> now. now it's real magical. Yeah. wasn't before. Nope. And yeah, I tried it and I felt like my heart was going to stop. Like, <laughs> as a vegetarian, my body is not built for this massive influx of fats. <laughs> um, it, but it's, it's like, it's, is it a paleo thing or? Uh... It's paleo adjacent, I think. Okay. Um, but, but it's it, like it, that's part of a thing. It's not that you just drink that coffee, right? Uh, for some people, that's the thing. But it's I think it's part of a broader thing of like life hacking your health gut with business productivity. It's I like a nightmare this. conflux of <laughs> yeah. all that. Yeah, I know it's real bad. Now, would you rather people be drinking bulletproof coffee or Soylent? Um, I'd rather they drink Soylent because I know some people who have a hard time digesting certain foods and like, that seems fine. Um, would you rather drink bulletproof coffee or that drink orbits that came out in the nineties that had little, uh, balls of gelatin floating around in it? I haven't heard of that and I want it. (laughs) It was, uh, weird. It was like soda boba. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was like. It was very strange. It was very... You can find it on uh, eBay, but uh, I do not think... It's a real dubious liquid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... It was it was very uh, heavily uh, enthused about by Rosie O'Donnell on her daytime really? program. Yeah. That's why I bought it, because I used to watch Rosie every day. Oh. Um... Oh, it was from Clearly Canadian, and uh, according to their Facebook page, they they were looking into a nostalgia run for late 2014, but I do not know if that happened. No, nostalgia ran out in 2014. Yeah. We we used it up! Yeah. Finally, get out of here! BuzzFeed emptied out the mines! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, Now the... It's okay, it's a renewable resource. (laughs) Yeah, remember the <laughs> last year? <laughs> what happened? No, I can't. No, it, it's over. <laughs> remember right yesterday? Empty. Well, uh, yesterday was Sunday, so there was a lot of drinking. So, nope, can't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a Philip K. Dick uh, book, where where after a culture is exhausted nostalgia, they can no longer they no longer have short term memory. And, and all their date cooks their... just wander around jobless. <laughs> they rely on social media to remind them what happened the day before. That's my actual oh. life. <laughs> it's under the light of the fave star. Yeah, I've read that one. <laughs> <sighs> um, Whitney, do you have a question for us? Oh, yeah. I have some, some hot, hot questions. Some humdingers. 
from uh, hashtag AskIHST, where you can ask us anything. And uh, we're, we're still working through. We've got a lot. <laughs> we can, we'll get to it eventually. <clears throat> so uh, one from, uh, you'll never believe it, Beck Poppins. What would be the theme song of your individual burlesque strip act? What would be the theme song for your joint act? Ah. Ooh. Wait, hmm. is this is this for us or like like do can is the joint act you and I or is it the three of us or we, we'll, we'll answer both. Okay. Um So I, I think my individual one would be something really raucous. Mm-hmm. So okay. maybe hmm. Maybe something from Run the Jewels. Maybe lie, cheat, steal, kill. Hmm. I I I feel like mine would be I don't know why, like adventure song or like you know the music that plays in the trailers for adventure movies? Adventure movies sounds really weird now that I say it, but like like is this an code? Are you, are you talking in code? You mean action movies? Is that the word you're looking for? Well, but like action implies shooting a gun. And Do I you mean action like, adventure movies? I guess action adventure movies would be what I was talking about. But like, like swinging on a vine or something like that. So just why not okay. just say the Indiana Jones song? Yeah, the Indiana Jones <laughs> song would be my theme. And my Wait, I'm revising mine. In light of your correct answer, mine's <laughs> the theme from the new adventures of Johnny Quest. Ooh. Um, and my stage name is Ezekiel Rage. Whoa! <laughs> you and I opened the Book of Rage to reveal. Uh, I guess I can't show my dick in a burlesque thing, but I guess something. It's going to show something. Wow! You 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 brought a gun to the knife fight. <laughs> <laughs> I brought a primitive bow to the knife fight. <laughs> I don't know. Um, my my gut feeling is I want to I want to dance to a uh, a Johnny Cash song. His cover of Hurt. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I uh, don't take your guns to town. <laughs> oh. And obviously, obviously, our our joint one would be to the I haven't seen that theme song. <laughs> yeah, it's very like dun 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 dun. Either that or the uh, that beer beef. Song oh yeah, the, the, uh, the from the beefsteak that we went to. Oh, that's totally it. Bum, yeah. bum, 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 bum. No, uh, no one listening to this knows yeah. what we're talking about. Cause... Yeah, yeah. What? Well, well, we can link it actually. But we went to a, a beef, yeah. uh, all you can eat steak thing, and there was live entertainment. And one of the songs was about beer, beef, and fun. And I feel like that's that can that can work. And it, there were very burlesque girls involved in. In the evening. It was a weird scene. Sorry, I got lost in thought because I was thinking about, man, what if what if my burlesque song was that Odysseus theme song that I'm going to make you guys splice into the episode? And then in the part where the little robot Nono is talking, that's me uh, really showing off the, the, the twigs and berries. Ich bin Nono, kleiner Roboter. It's great that the robot's named Nono. <laughs> uh, I don't know what uh, dipshit is in German, but that would have been a oh, great other name. It's it's David. Oh. oh. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I don't think I'm not, I'm not very. I mean, no, I'm not very good at burlesque, guys. I, I couldn't take it. I'm. I'm I, I try we to. A, we went to a burlesque that also had like, like sideshow stuff going on. So like a guy drove a nail through his nose. And I was like, <clears throat> like here, become become sexually adventurous, and then watch some body horror. It was real. <laughs> that sounds real like intense. my kind of evening. It was it was pretty great, but also real intense. <laughs> I no, uh, oh sorry, go ahead. I thought I thought of my on the theme song note. I, my song would be um, uh, "Journey of the Sorcerer," which is also known as the um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy theme song. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. Da, 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 da. Shaking my ass to that. Uh, I once did a uh, I read a piece at this like. Um, kind of like variety show thing and right after me there was a woman who did a a a, um a burlesque thing to the like poem from grim fandango wow wow yeah Um, so you lost yeah yeah i was like (laughs) well uh yeah uh, then later on i did another reading at the same thing and she did a like a strip to uh Oh, what the thing from Romeo and Juliet where Juliet's saying like uh, her big speech about Romeo? She I didn't know that. you could you could strip to poetry. Yeah, yeah, seems she, like a way to ruin stripping. <laughs> or make me interested in poetry. <laughs> oh, sorry, poets. <laughs> Which includes you, since you just said. Did I? Did I just poem? Didn't you say you read a poem on stage? Oh no, I read like a piece. It was a uh, it was actually oh. a thing where I pretended to be David Lynch, um, being attacked by clowns. Okay, so an anti poem, more of a yeah, prose. yeah, yeah. It was definitely more of a a prose piece. And then the second time I was there, I just read a Lena Dunham interview out loud. <laughs> but oh wait, no, but I I did it in the persona of Spalding Gray. Oh my god! Yeah, the golf ball. Yes, the giant golf ball-headed man, Spalding Gray. Um, this this goes into my cultural void category because I I didn't know what a Spalding Gray was, but I knew Spalding was maybe a golf ball brand because I lived in Florida. <laughs> no, I feel I feel like Spalding Gray is not somebody that you would have gained um, uh, knowledge of any time during your childhood. Okay. <laughs> Except for me, I was really into Spalding Gray when I was eleven. <laughs> But I was weird. He's he was a, a like a monologist. He's like monologist. a step up. Like when you're done with Garrison Keillor, you come to Spalding Gray, and he busts out the real shit. I'm pretty sure everyone's yep. done with Garrison Keillor the moment he whistles his first. <laughs> My Aww. mom made me go to a live recording of Prairie Home Companion once. When what? I was a youth, I actually liked. I was mostly really interested, interested in the guy who made the sound, fa- sound effects. My wife really likes Prairie Home Companion. It's a source of much tension in our relationship. <laughs> um, well, I think I also have really positive memories because it was always on when my family was on road trips. And oh, that's nice. To just put on. So it like you sure. know, warm road trip memories for me. 
So this reminds me of a story. Um, there was a time when a bunch of my friends, they were all having Thanksgiving together, and I was flying to California, I think, for the first time to go and have Thanksgiving with friends in San Francisco. And uh, none of them had ever uh, been uh, weed smokers. They were not drug doers. And uh, I, I land in in um, in California, and I you know turn my phone back on, and I get a bunch of texts. It's the, you know, we're getting high. We're all high on Thanksgiving. <laughs> And they had gotten high on Thanksgiving and then tried to watch the Prairie Home Companion movie. <laughs> I'm like, you picked literally the worst thing you could watch high. <laughs> yeah. You need, I'm like, guys, this is why you should have had me there. I'm an expert. I could have safely guided you through this, <laughs> <laughs> through this, this experience. Odyssey. Made horrible mistakes. Yeah. Rookie move. <laughs> Rookie weed move. You want another question? Yeah. I, I, I crave it. Mm-hmm. This is one from Amy Betzbotko. If you could, this, this ties into an earlier conversation, so that's why I was happy about it. If you could have the hairstyle of any Disney villain, which would you choose? Ooh. Ooh. I, I'm the going to... Maleficent's head, her hair? Damn it. <laughs> that was mine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's her I hair. I basically... I don't think so. Okay. If it's a hat... I think Never that's called a. Mind. I think that hat is called a henin, but don't quote me on that. Wow. I think that, that if I base uh, anything, if I base learn anything from Dragon Age, <laughs> learn fancy medieval <laughs> hats. And I've learned a lot from Dragon Age. It's like who to kiss? <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Scar's haircut. I'm going to get a big fucking. That's what I. Up. That's what I was going to say. Oh, I stole it! I stole it with my guestly first strike i basically already have ursula's haircut hmm. I, so i mean that's cheating i think like <clears throat> hades haircut from oh, hercules pretty... because it's just a, an a, a active flame <laughs> yeah it's pretty good well mark you kind of fucked up though because unlike hades you're not uh, a god and your head will burn oh no <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, you have to. It takes a lot of maintenance, but it's worth it. You need some cooling gels. Nice spray. No, don't. No, not hairspray. <laughs> oh god. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's Home Alone all over again. I'm trying to envision other other Disney villains. There's the witch that laughs and goes into the cellar. What else is there? From Evil Dead. No, <laughs> the uh, I think it's is it from Snow White? She's like cackling. She does the apple. I think that's the Snow White one. Yeah. Um, what but else? She's is there? also the queen, right? Life's complicated, Mark. One day I'll explain it to you. Um, <laughs> Judge Judge Frollo had pretty bad hair. Not who? good hair. Uh, Hunchback what? of Notre Dame. Oh yeah, yeah. But he had that hat. Yeah, he did have a good hat. Yeah, and. Uh, great voice that cyborg gargoyle from the gargoyles tv show is that a disney villain oh if uh, if, uh, if we're taking gargoyles uh give me give me david like Zanatos? david De- Zanatos. i just want to look like <laughs> like ponytail riker yeah i just want to be david Zanatos. <sighs> yes i do i want to have a castle on top of a big building <laughs> Uh, man, I really wish that our uh, our like 
eccentric billionaires were more like David Zanatos and less like Donald Trump. <laughs> I was just I about to say, like, support a David Zanatos presidency. A Greek president? <laughs> we haven't had a Greek president yet, right? No. Mm. No, we've. Isn't it time? We've hardly had any variation. Yeah. <laughs> um. Isn't it time for a Greek president who's yeah. also evil? Yeah, isn't it time <laughs> for an anti-hero Greek president? Who's involved in magic rituals. Suvlaki and brooding. That's what I'm into. <laughs> oh, now I want Suvlaki. Now I'm a Suvlaki Wendigo. I haven't eaten that. Really? Mark, it's, uh, it's not pronounced anti-hero, it's pronounced anti-gyro. <laughs> <laughs> You I win it. the video game. <laughs> oh boy, that is. We did it. That is good. <laughs> mm, that is good. Oh god, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I am hungry now, though. <laughs> You're gonna tell me what's in Suvaki? Oh, it's it's meat. It's like little little. Giros, or no, not Giros. It's it's little skewers of mm. meat or lamb, and then you usually have like you'll have your your uh, your like pita, you'll have mm-hmm. your tzatziki, um, maybe, uh, yeah. Um, Sounds good. Uh, I I think I've mentioned this like several times on this podcast before, but I didn't start having like I didn't start salivating when I thought about food until my like mid twenties. And other like weird like child like things that you hear about with bodies when you were a kid, and that just never happened to me. But now it's definitely happening. Do you think Gross. maybe you were a robot before then, and then they replaced you with a real person? Shit! Hives have changelings. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, you're like a robo changeling. Yeah, and a Wendigo. Um, you're a lot of mythical beasts at once. Robots <laughs> are mythical beasts, right? Yes. They do not exist. So, wait, so when, when you would think of like, oh man, my family's going to have pizza or something, you wouldn't like... I wouldn't salivate. And I read about it happening. Just think about the inevitability of death. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what kept me. Also, I feel like my I feel like my pee didn't smell after eating asparagus until I was in my 20s. <clears throat> but it may just be I never noticed these things. Think Maybe you didn't that. have a sense of taste. Or a which sense is closely of related to smell. <laughs> I could you didn't not pee until you were twenty. I know. <laughs> Final. Oh man, can you imagine how surprised you'd be? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> also, how long it would take? Your giant distended hot air balloon of a bladder. Oh god! Cancel my meetings. Cancel my meetings. <laughs> Cancel oh. my meetings. I'm made of lemonade. <laughs> Gross. Um, <laughs> you guys want to hear about the fucked up casserole I'm gonna make tonight? Yeah, yeah. Tweet yeah. I'm pretty uh, pretty excited. It's gonna be uh, ground beef, frozen mixed good. vegetables, cream of mushroom soup, and then topped with tater tots and cheddar cheese. That sounds dope. Ooh. And I might actually also put some crumbled up tortilla chips on top too because I have those. You're, that sounds like a Midwest delight. I think it counts as a hot dish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds real hot. Mm-hmm. It yeah. sounds like a real dish, too. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited about is it. There a, is there a burlesque place in Minneapolis called Hot Dish? Because there should be, right? I, I don't know. We need to learn more about the burlesque scene in the in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have to take off a lot of clothes. Cause yeah, it's a, lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of removing It's scars. called layers. <laughs> layers. <laughs> uh, you, you're killing it, Pavlos. Yeah, killing yeah. It. <laughs> Man. Um, We're just running to keep up. <laughs> And then eventually to eat hot dish mm. or souvlaki. What's in moussaka? This is just this is just the to explain me Greek food. I think it's moussaka is egg, the eggplant egg one. Eggplant. Mm. Oh wait, it, it's like a yeah, it's eggplant, and then you you cover it in a sauce, and you get real fucked up on it. Yeah, fucked up mm. on some moussaka. Oh man, I love Greek this, food. This looks really good. <laughs> um let's go eat yeah yeah well thank you so much um for uh for coming on the show no problem i'm always happy to lend my swears to any microphone that'll take them yay um do you have would you like to plug some things um Tell well can find you people can find me on internet uh if they just look for oni davin o-n-i-d-i-v-i-n uh, and beyond that, uh, uh, they, yeah, pretty much that. I guess I shouldn't plug my real job. That'd be weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they can find me there. I'm real nice. I yeah. promise I won't yell German opening theme songs for anime at you. I was going to ask you to do that again one more time while you <laughs> play it out. And it, it's, oh, do you know the whole thing? Uh, no, I don't know the whole thing. I need to, because um, I've I've realized that in in memory, I've sort of invented a different tune that it goes to than it actually goes to. I do one too many oars. It reminds me a lot of the theme to Gigantor that I vaguely remember from my youth. <laughs> Gigantor, Gigantor. So that after we're done recording, you can watch it and know joy. <laughs> I I am immediately going to watch this. <laughs> I will I will probably put it as the closing tag on the episode. Excellent. And the <laughs> opening tag. And it's going to be playing at low volume throughout the entire episode. <laughs> Odysseus and chill. <laughs> well, I am I am on Twitter at Mark Popham. And I am there at at, at bleh, bleh, nope. <laughs> That's yeah, That's try to google Popham? that. It's pronounced Popham. I thought it was poop ham. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Um, yeah, Whitney. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, man, I hope he doesn't think he offended me with that nope. joke. You're like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, we are. I haven't seen on Twitter. And I haven't seen that.com. And someone actually um, emailed our address last night, but they were just trying to get to me because I don't have my, because I posted, I posted, it's, it's like a Tumblr meme. I posted a picture of a possum with scream, screams at own ass. It's a thing. And somebody found the, yeah, the screams at own ass possum. And uh, because that was my, that was my emotion when I was watching Mr. Robot. I was very it's a very good show. It made me scream at my own ass. It's going 
going to be that emotion too when you watch Ravenous right after this. Oh shit! Um, eat casserole and watch Ravenous. Pretend uh, it's people's. But the, since the, so somebody emailed me to say thank you for posting that possum meme. It really made me laugh for like five minutes <laughs> and made my night. And I'm like, thank you for emailing me. Most people would have tweeted, but that's great. <laughs> Uh, they wrote you a card using Spencerian calligraphy. <laughs> I just opened up the mail three weeks later. One fave for you. <laughs> a page comes to my door. I, I break the wax seal. <laughs> it's and just, just old, says, old star. <laughs> Breaking the wax seal is also how I found out how to pee at age 20. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's like a Maker's Mark thing. That's literally what I was about to say. Your genitals just look like a Maker's Mark bottle. Oh, boy. Uh, I need to lie down, guys. Okay. (laughs) Eat casserole. Eat casserole while lying down on a beanbag chair. It's calisthenics. Take your glucosamine if you're worried about your knees. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just uh, taking fish oil. uh, Glucosamine is where it's at. My friends give it to their dogs. Mm. Yeah, just eat your friend's dogs. Yeah, eat a dog. Eat a dog. <laughs> That's his job. Ravenous for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Our new show, Dogs with Jobs, that is being in Ravenous. <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm now completely incoherent from giggling, so yeah. we, should, we should end the show. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, Happy sweet Labor friends. Day. Bye. Bye. Rise up against the oppressive uh, producers. <laughs> producer? I don't think we call them producers. <laughs> we call them producers. Look, I couldn't remember what the word was for uh, for management. <laughs> I just went with uh, Kill Mel Brooks. Donkey Bridge. Donkey Bridge. Donkey Bridge. Bye. Okay, bye. Ich bin nur noch kleiner Roboter, Freund von Unterseuch.